Hello, welcome to Build. Today I'm really excited because back in the studio I have Alexa, another PM here at Drift. And today we're gonna talk about the story time. So a couple episodes we talked about the one pager, which is how to figure out and gather all the things you need for the problem that you wanna solve. And today we're talking about what happens after the one pager, which is the story time. So we're gonna talk about what it is, why it matters, and how you guys can do it with your teams as well. So the story time is what you do, like I said, after you write a one pager. It's how you go from outlining the job to be done to actually working on the solution. And it's the sort of the first step that you do as a whole team. So you've written the one pager as a PM, you've gathered all your requirements, and then you get in a room with your coworkers and that has to be design, it has to be engineering, and the actual people who are going to design and build the product with you. And then you get together and then you start to outline um, and clarify the problem that you're solving and develop open questions. Yeah, and so I think the two key things to remember before you go into the room is the purpose of a story time is not for you guys to develop the solution. It's for you guys to develop open questions about how you might solve something. Um, and so that's an easy way for you guys to stay focused is remember that you're not developing and making decisions. You're just creating a list of questions you want to answer afterwards. Um, and it's also a really important time for you to share the context that you've been creating with the rest of your team and help them empathize with the user. Right. Yeah, so I think one thing to call out is that story times should be simple. They should be fun. They, they should, should be, be engaging. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into the tips and tricks and what we've learned yeah. over the course of time and how to make them a little bit more engaging. But everyone should speak. And again, like it's the entire team that should be in there. And I think we can just get into what it looks like. Yeah, that sounds great. So the first step before you can even have the meeting, it's super important that every single person who's going to be there reads the one pager. So A, you have to have a one pager and B, people have to read it. Because what you don't want is having people come into a meeting sort of unprepared. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what problem you're solving. And then you, you end up wasting the first half of the meeting just talking about, you know, things that people should already know. Right. So make sure the whole team comes prepared. Usually we'll write the one pager and post it the day before we schedule a story time. Um, our team uses Slack really heavily, so we use a Slack bot reminder one hour before the meeting and say, hey, don't forget, everybody come prepared. Please make okay. sure you read this. Yeah. Um, and then the three steps once you're in the room, the meeting room for story time are, one, um, it's your job to orient the team. Two, together as a team, paint a picture about the customer pain and the job to be done. Um, and then step three is to develop ideas and open questions about how you might solve that pain. Um, so I think it's important to remember as somebody leading the story time, you're not really a dictator or a leader, you're there to facilitate the conversation. So in these three steps, I have a, a list of example questions that you can use to help facilitate the discussion. So step one, when you're orienting the team and helping them get focused on the problem, um, we come together and I start. I always start every story time by saying, what is our goal of this meeting? Remind everybody that we're here not to create solutions, but to create a list of questions. Yeah, I think it's really important. Actually, we were in a story time yesterday, a new PM on our team, this is his first story time. And afterwards, we were talking about you know, how we could have done that better. And I think the one thing that we didn't do a great job of was zooming out and starting with, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah. Why does this matter? Not only for the specific problem that we're solving, but in the context of our business. Mm. Because one of the things I like to remember is from the one pager to story time to all the steps that come after is that they're all moments where you can decide not to go forward. Yeah. Right. So like you have to remember why you're doing it and you have to be able to answer the question of should we still do it? Yeah. And it's that's also a good opportunity for you to share your work with the rest of mm -hmm. your team. Like 
I've worked with a lot of engineers and designers before who are highly skeptical. So it's your job to, sh- to say like, you know, this is the research that's been completed. We've talked to these customers. Here's what we've been hearing. Here are the milestones that we've completed so far. And here's where we are in our journey together and kind of zoom everybody out of what you're there to do today. Right. And so, and I think another important thing to start the story time with is here's what we're going to do next after this story time. So it helps mm-hmm. kind of provide constraints around like, don't worry about this other idea that we can, that we're going to tackle later. Like, let's mm-hmm. focus on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important to call out is that when you're starting to, do, to bring people in the room who maybe haven't done this type of thing before, if mm-hmm. you've never done a story time, you'll have people who start to think about the full scope of everything you could build and all the problems you could solve. And then it's really hard to focus on the one thing that you want to work on. So yeah, I guess that's probably a good way to sort of say, we know that these other things exist, but we're not going to work on them today. Yeah. Yeah. And doing it up front helps prevent any rabbit holing later on in the discussion. Um, So that's step one, orienting the team. Step two, together we paint a picture about the customer pain and what the job to be done is. Some of the worst story times that I've led have been ones where I was the one who wrote down the job to be done, all the research about the customer, things we know about them. Mm -hmm. And I think, one, it's not only because um, it's not only because I was the one talking at the team and sharing that context, but it was also because I didn't give the rest of the team an opportunity to get comfortable Mm -hmm. talking out loud and sharing their ideas. And so step two, painting the job to be done is really like a softball way to get your team to start speaking up, Mm -hmm. right? So, So I'll get in front of the room and I'll say like, okay, like who's the user that we're solving for today? Which persona are we focused on? Mm -hmm. And then we'll go through like the Clay Christensen's, like what progress are they trying to make? Mm -hmm. What is their ideal outcome here? What's preventing them from making that progress? What do they care about socially, emotionally, functionally? Like really getting ourselves into the shoes of the user and helping us understand what they what they want. What happens if someone in the room or no one speaks? Yeah, I think that's why it's I think that's why every step I have a list of questions is because mm-hmm. it's your job to come prepared with those juicy questions that will right. help people speak. And to be honest, sometimes I'll I'll try and like call people out and say like, "Hey, how are you thinking about this?" Mm-hmm. And what's really helpful is story time doesn't have to be about your personal opinion. It's mm-hmm. more of like do you think this would help the user get to where they're trying to go? If, and if you try and orient the team around the user, it makes it less of a, like, this is my idea. It's a good or bad idea. It's more about, right. like, things that they've heard. Yeah, and you shouldn't even be talking about ideas specifically, Yeah. right? Because if, if the goal of the meeting is to define the problem and develop open questions, then you're talking about the problem that you want to solve and not any idea that you have of the solution. Mm. Right, and I think that's something that we always talk about, which is, especially as PMs, I think you've done all the work to build um, that one, to write that one pager, and then you probably, in the course of doing that, have some yeah. sense of what you want mm. to build or you yeah. think you should build or some assumptions about that, especially if you've, like, picked a role model. Yeah. So then I think it's really easy to go into a story time and say, and to frame the whole discussion in a way that, that gets the team to say the things you want them to say to get yeah. the solution that you want them to build. Yeah. And I think it's really important as a PM or whoever's facilitating to not do that and let the team. Yeah, I think that's an important clarification, right? It's not that it's not that you shouldn't be talking about ideas at all during Mm -hmm. story time. But like as a PM, I try and be the last person to share my ideas because I want to influence the team as the least amount possible. Right. Right. Because we're bringing the problems and it's their job to figure out the solutions. And what's and what I'm always fascinated by is like 
the process it takes to develop a shared language and all of the assumptions that we have, mm-hmm. even though we're solving the same problem. Mm-hmm. Every single time I go into a story time, there's always like some context that I haven't considered or some idea that I haven't considered or something that's like really important to the user that another person on my team has thought about. Right, which you wouldn't get if you sort of tried to influence, tried to influence them. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's steps two, painting a picture about the customer pain and the job to be done. Um, a quick tip is is I'll sometimes draw a, like a picture of a user profile on the board. It's like a silly way to get people comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really nice about Drift is we have a lot of internal customers. So yeah. we'll pick some of our favorite sales reps um, or we'll pick some of our favorite people on the marketing team. Mm-hmm. But again, reminder that you're a facilitator, not a dictator here. So as much as possible, you should be talking the least. Yep. So step three is for you as a team to develop ideas and then open questions. So questions that I help use to facilitate this part of the discussion are like, how might we solve this pain? What do we know that users are doing today that that they're using to solve this problem? Um, And then some inversion, like what will this look like if it's successful? What will this look like if it fails? Mm -hmm. Um, And then what open questions do we have around how we might approach these these solutions? Mm -hmm. Um, And then and we kind of keep iterating over these questions and um, and and solidifying this list of uh, open questions. And right. And then at the end of that, you have just tactically, you'll have a whiteboard that has usually some part yeah. of it which has outlined the person and the problem yeah. that you're solving for. And you have this like big jumble of open questions. And I, yeah, so it's like three parts. Yeah. You'll have like the user and the job to be done. And then mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of random ideas and it gets like kind of chaotic in the middle. And then mm-hmm. on the right, it's like your clarified list of open questions that you pulled out of that, right. that idea and brainstorm. Right. And I think it's the really important thing to remember is that it's not just that you develop this list of open questions. It's that then you have to go one by one through the questions, decide which ones you're actually going mm-hmm. to answer and add a DRI. Yes. Or directly responsible individual. Yeah. Because if you if you think about it, if you go through this whole process, you yeah. leave the meeting and you don't decide who's going to answer those questions, yeah. you'll never answer them and you'll all just build what you assumed you'd build in the first place. Yeah. Which I've definitely seen happen if we were trying to move really quickly and you do a story time because you're supposed to, but then everyone just does what they thought they would do. Um, teeing up Maggie's next episode. <laughs> it's also important for yeah. you to uh, assign the date. And so the mm-hmm. way we work backward backwards from the the deadline for each open question being answered is mm-hmm. when you're hoping to kick off that okay. uh, that piece of work. So I'm sure one of your next episodes will be yes. the kickoff. Um, so yeah, we, we we try and say, here's our goal for kickoff, and then here's, here's when we need to answer these open questions by. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think another thing that I try to remember is that you can come back to story time. So you, you, there's mm-hmm. not a limit on, you know, you only get to do it once, and when you yeah. do it, that's it. I think depending on the complexity of the problem you're trying to yes. solve, you might come back and do it again based on what you learn when you answer those open questions, yeah. right? Because you might uncover a technical limitation. This has happened to me before. Yeah. We thought we were going to do something. All of a sudden, we uncover some sort of dependency or thing that we just yeah. can't solve. And then we'll come back and re-story time with that constraint in mind. Yeah, and, and one of my favorite... One of my favorite things about story time is sometimes a team will say to me that I've made too many assumptions about what the user wants mm-hmm. and we need more information from the user, mm-hmm. right? And so so sometimes story time ends by saying like, hey, PM, like you haven't done your job well enough. We don't have specific examples and we don't have enough proof. Yeah. And that's definitely happened before. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also I've had, I had a story time a couple of weeks ago where we decided that we, we had a pretty good set of assumptions that we were going mm-hmm. in with, but we knew we wanted to get more customer research early as early as possible because we wanted to test some of the big assumptions we were making in the solution and so part of like one of the open questions from the story time was someone go talk to these five customers and figure out you know whether we're thinking about this the right way yeah cool 
Yeah, so quick tip, I always try and end story times with a meeting checklist, making sure I've hit everything on this list. So the first, Maggie said, was make sure all of our questions have DRIs and due dates, um, which are your action items leaving the meeting to make sure that story time is actionable. And then um, making sure we have a DRI responsible for transcribing all of those questions and and keeping our notes and ideas on the Mm -hmm. one pager. So that one pager, again, is that living document that kind of follows us through the journey of building products. And then one of my favorite and most important pieces of the story time is making sure that we have an agreed upon tagline that represents Mm -hmm. the story and the solution. So it's kind of it, it it's kind of a way for the team to create a three or four word sentence that really summarizes the story that we're trying to solve for. And this anchors the team as they're iterating and building and making their own micro decisions together. They can remember exactly where we're trying to go and what we're trying to solve. Yeah, I think it's exactly like the leadership principles that we have as a company, which Mm -hmm. are things that we use to guide our decision making and tie break things and focus ourselves. Having a tagline as a team means that every time you're making a decision or every time you're trying to do something, you can just sort of check yourself against that thing that you're trying to do. Yeah, it helps focus you. Yeah. Okay, so what, let's think about the story times you've actually done. What is the most unsuccessful or worst story time that you ran? I think all of my, all of the first story times I ever tried to run. So story time was kind of born out of um, the conflict of us trying together as a team and figure out what we were trying to build. Mm -hmm. And we would always, we would always end those meetings with, people fighting and butting heads about like how their solution was right or or somebody else's solution was right and and there was really like no structured way for us to get on the same page um and so i think the worst story times are um one making sure you're not drawing out everyone's assumptions up front and that's why we try and do um Mm. the the full team gets together and tries to say like this is my assumption about the user pain. This is my assumption about the progress they're trying to make. And 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 that's why it's so important to do that up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the worst ones that I've been involved in or that were definitely my fault were... Um, it's always our fault. It's definitely always <laughs> our fault. Uh, not engaging people in the problem well enough mm-hmm. and not telling a good enough story. I know that there's a million... Seeking Wisdom and Build episodes about storytelling and how yeah. important writing is. But this is one of those moments where it really you can really tell how important it is because if you do a bad job of explaining why what you're working on matters and impor- is important and is interesting, the room is just going to be silent. And yeah. we've all been there and there's just going to be a team of people just looking at you sort of thinking about whether why this meeting is wasting their time. So it's so important to come with that like energy, examples, customer yeah. quotes, just anything you can do to get the room sort of excited. Yeah, but and I think what's key about that is making sure you tell the story well in the one pager, mm-hmm. right? Because I've seen story times fail where the PM will spend the first 15 minutes repeating everything that's in the one pager and yeah. then you've wasted half of the meeting and then the team is just kind of staring at you waiting for you to tell them exactly what to do. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the best one that you've done? I think the best of my favorite one was... When we were painting the job to be done, Mm -hmm. we realized that to really understand where the user was coming from, we needed to understand like where we fit into their day-to-day process. And so we we drew out a user journey of like, you know, this is what the sales rep does when they get into work. Here's when they open Drift. Here's when they might be leaving their desks and here's Mm -hmm. where we might need to fit into that. Um, And it really helped everybody get excited about like the little nuances of making sure we capture users attention like Mm -hmm. too often when we're designing solutions we just we we assume the best and assume that they're like 
they're they care about using our product mm-hmm. they're engaged they already understand right. what it's going to do for them mm-hmm. um and so that was a really powerful moment yeah i think yeah making sure that your job to be done is well defined and mm-hmm. scoped at the beginning leads to much better story times yeah and and always come prepared with specific examples mm-hmm. like specific things that customers that you can name and bring up a picture of have tried to do yeah what about you mentioned taglines what's the best tagline that you guys have had <laughs> um so we were we were designing something for our ABM product. Mm-hmm. So ABM is account-based marketing. It's basically when your marketing and your sales team work together to create a targeted approach to try and um, bring an account into the business. So marketing will send them, you know, swag or try and create mm-hmm. content to get their attention. Mm-hmm. And so our tagline was, when you're a target account, you're family. It's basically a plan like the Olive Garden tagline. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so what we were trying to create was like this fast lane experience where it made them feel welcome, made them feel like we already knew who they were. Um, And so, yeah, our team likes pasta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think wherever you can, even if you don't have a neat tagline based on Olive Garden, at least naming your feature yeah. or giving it giving the project that you're working on some sort of name that's not only relevant to the engineering team and the design team but also the full company mm. is so helpful because yeah. then when people it's, it helps you get them excited it helps mm. you sort of communicate what you're working on and i think it's really easy it's it's hard to explain abm maybe to someone yeah. who doesn't have that matter to them in their day-to-day but it's easy to say when you're a target account your family yeah and, and i think i mean it doesn't the tagline doesn't always have to perfectly describe the problem. It can also just des- describe like how you want to solve the problem mm-hmm. and plan to flag for the team. And mm-hmm. so another example uh, for a product we were building is we wanted to make it as WYSIWYG as possible, like make it so that whatever the user sees is what they got as their output. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of our hashtag, our tagline for that story time, yeah. um, which made it really easy because there was a lot of complexity in how we wanted to solve it. But mm-hmm. that helped share the why and like the where we're going with the team. And, and then it right. was easy for us to solve from there. I think the only other thing that that I would mention about story times and tips and tricks is a phrase that Trevor on our team always says, which is pencils, not pixels. So again, I think we've all dealt with a stereotypical engineering team who might want to go very, very deep into some details. Mm. And it's really important to say, you know, this is our opportunity to think at the pencils, not pixels level. We're just sort of sketching out problems. We're thinking about options. And this is when everyone on the team gets to be involved. So I think another point when I was on a team where we didn't do story times, which is we would get to the point where someone's building something and maybe it didn't turn out the way we wanted. And then the the person building it would say like, well, this is what you asked for. Yeah. Right. And they don't have any agency over the thing Mm. that they're building. And so they don't really care about it. And this allows you as a team to get everyone excited before you've done anything. Yeah. So by the time you're actually building the thing, everyone's already bought into the problem. They're bought into the solution. They've been involved in it Mm. from day one. And so it's a team thing, not just a, my PM told me to build this thing. Yeah. And what, another way to prevent the rabbit holing, like you mentioned, is Mm -hmm. to ask the question, like, how might we develop this into a question that we can answer later on and try and like bring everybody back. Smart. All right. So everyone listening, we want you to do a story time. It can be hard at first. Please try it out. They're always hard at first. Tweet at us. We'll we'll try and share as much tips and tricks as we can. Yeah. Yeah. So please do a story time. Tell us all about it. Leave us a review. I think we need some shout outs for Alexa in the reviews. I don't think you've had any yet. So six stars for Alexa. Thank you for listening. And that's it. Thank you.